You're listening to Oh No Lit Class. Mostly dead authors, fresh takes. Ruining required reading, one book at a time. to Oh No Lit Class, the podcast that, like most lauded and beloved artists and writers, won't get the recognition it deserves until we are long dead. I'm Megan. I'm RJ. And we have kind of a weird episode today, again. Only weird to you. No, it's kind of weird. We're going to be uh, taking a look at the, those most treasured of children's books, Little Golden Books. And you might be wondering how we ended up there. And uh, part of it is laziness, I suppose, but the other part is a mystery. And that is a couple weeks ago when I came home and found a large box outside my door. Our door, I guess. And it was from Out of Print, which makes really cool uh, shirts and bags and other such apparel and accessories out of like book covers and stuff. And I spend way too much of my money there. And But a lot of it, it goes to like literacy charities, like a percentage of it. So it's good because it's like I can feel good about spending too much money on things. It's really the cat store. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, but I didn't order anything from them. And this is not like a plug or a, a promotion, but they just sent me a Golden Books tote and four little Golden Books with no explanation. Like, they've sent me free stuff before, but it was with, like, the intent of promoting it on, like, Twitter and stuff like that, and that was, that was a while ago. There was no, like, message. There was no nothing. It was just, like, here are some golden books. Fuck you gonna do about it. It's kind of menacing in a weird way. Which leads me to my next point. If you want to send me things, RJ, like uh- sandwiches, posters, sports ball tickets, <laughs> I now have a P.O. box. It's true, you do. I I talked about it in the uh, Facebook group, and they immediately started talking about what weird things they could send us, like really sticky books and human toes. Don't do that. You have a toe sandwich. I don't know what that is. You get a slice of bread, you put a toe. Toe. I don't want that. Yeah, you can maybe put some mayo, some ketchups. Uh, I I don't want these things. So we're in the process of making a website where and then other bread. We'll have like a contact page where, where this address will, will live. And it is also pinned in the Facebook group. But if you want to send RJ human toes in a sandwich, you just got to address that motherfucker to P.O. Box 5073 Deerfield Beach, Florida 33442. Please don't send toast. You can send toast. Toast is fine. Melba, rye, white. Thanks, Bubba. I love toast. <laughs> well, you know what I loved once? Gonna bring it around here. Yourself? Yes, just like Haley Steinfeld did. I loved little golden books. I don't know how much of a thing they are anymore now. Like, the the ones that we got have, like, this little seal on them that said they've been around for 75 years, which is a very long time. Yeah. And so the I, math adds up. <laughs> the math adds up, gosh darn it. I don't, I, like, are kids still reading them? Yes. Okay. 
But yeah, no, I, I had a, a literal, like, a treasure chest that was filled to the fucking brim with golden books uh, when I was a little kid. What about you? I had a whole bunch of them. Did you have any of these? Uh, yeah, so for context, I actually only had two of the four that we'll be looking at today. The ones we will be examining are The Pokey Little Puppy, The Shy Little Kitten, Scuffy the Tugboat, and Toodle. I only had the pokey little puppy and the, the shy little kitten. I think I probably had Scuffy on top of it. The only one I'm questioning. No, I definitely had Toodle. Uh, but yeah, I had shy little kitten pajamas. I'm glad that I didn't have Scuffy the tugboat and Toodle. Because Scuffy looks like a sad old man who's just taken methamphetamines and also has been transformed into a boat. And Toodle, to, to is a train, uh, looks like Thomas the Tank Engine's sociopathic cousin, and also his face looks like it's made of people flesh. On the cover, he's, he's gold, and that's probably because they were like, this book isn't gonna sell for shit if we slap a train with cold soulless eyes, a pig nose, and a fucking flesh face on the cover. Pony Boy <laughs> came back as a train. What? Pony Boy. Why Pony Boy? Oh, because he's stay gold. gold. He's only gold on the cover. In the rest of the book, he looks like he's stolen the flesh of a human child, except that there's no life in those eyes. Even on the cover, there's no life in those eyes. It's so upsetting. Google it. Well, part of that's going to be, we're going to talk about the uh, art and how they did it. Those are the (laughs) two color pages. The art and how they did it. Well, it's a big deal. That, that there's only two colors on that page, and yes. so I guess they went with the red yeah. and the black yeah. and not the yellow. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. RJ is going to tell us all about uh, Little Golden Books and these specific Little Golden Books, and we're just taking a, a weird, sharp turn here at Ono Lit Class and talking about Little Golden Books, because all these folks are dead. It counts. Probably. I guess it depends. Well, these folks. Yeah, these yeah. these specific folks who, who wrote and illustrated these are quite dead. As far as we know. Ah, yes. Golden books. Yeah, those things we've been talking about. Even the least erudite among us have likely read or had one of these books read to them. The series of books was created back in 1940 by one Georges Duplat, who worked for Western Publishing. 1940 is when Wisconsin, where Western Publishing was located, was considered the West. Did you... It was. It was Western Publishing based in <laughs> Kenosha, Wisconsin. Very Western. Oh, I guess mid- Midwestern Publishing? I don't know. It doesn't roll off the tongue as much. <laughs> Duplaw was tasked with creating an affordable series of children's Are books. Are you sure it's Duplaw, not uh, Duplass? Duplay? 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 Oh, Duplay. Duplay? That might be Duplay. Uh, I think when it's AIX, it's Duplay. You know what? Let's just use the power of Google... Duplex. Duplex, apparently. George Duplex. Duplex? Duplex. Duplex. You said Duplex. Not like Duplex. Not like Duplex. Duplex. French is weird. Sorry to all of our French listeners. French is weird. Duplex was tasked with creating an affordable series of children's books. At the time, children's books were sold for two to three dollars each. While that might not sound like much, in 2019 dollars, it would be the equivalent to a $45 book. You are shitting me. Hell, I can't even think of a $45 book, let alone a kid's one. What? Yeah. What? Why? That's what they were selling them for. Books are expensive. I get it. It was the 40s. It wasn't like the fucking printing press had just been invented. So George's goal was to come up with books that could be sold for 50 cents, or about $8.95 in today's dollars. Which sounds much more reasonable. A little bit, yeah. But to the higher-ups in the company, 
That sounded like too much still, as there were already 50 cent books on the marketplace, so they wanted the books to be sold for only 25 cents. It was a lofty goal. And hell, no one involved wanted to skimp on inequality. To save some uh, money Why, on How the... did you say that like that? And hell, no one involved wanted like, like... Oh, like they that... wanted to sell a cheap product, but a good product. Oh, that's good. Yeah? It's a good thing. So to save some money, the books were staple bound. As to what was bound, every book had 42 pages, 28 printed in two colors, and 14 printed in four colors. That's why some of the pages got more colors than the other. Mm. The goal was to sell 50,000 of each book printed, as that is when they would start uh, to turn a profit. So some of the original stories we have here, actually, we have the pokey little puppy. Yeah, because there was 12 that they put out originally. Yep, three little kittens, Mother Goose, the little red hen, among others. So the goal was to sell a total of 60,000 books, right? You 50, just said 50. Well, 50,000 of each. So oh, they put out 12. Right. So the overall goal was to sell 600,000. Gotcha. You said 60,000. In just five months, they sold 1.5 million books. Damn. Yeah, that's a pretty good result. Well, because parents were probably like, holy shit, it's books for our kids we can actually afford that we won't have to choose between like a book for our kid and their college tuition. So looking back, this should maybe not be so shocking. A lot of talented people took part in the production of these books. For example, The Pokey Little Puppy was illustrated by Gustav Tengren, the chief illustrator at some little-known company called Walt Disney Studios. He actually was the guy who oversaw Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, wow. In short, when people talk about the golden age of American animation, they're really talking about this Swedish dude who also was there for Fantasia, Pinocchio, and Bambi, who I thought was a doe until I was well into my 20s for some reason. Yeah, I remember having that conversation with you where I had to explain that Bambi was a boy. He grows antlers in the end. Still weird to me. (laughs) Even though I know it to be true, I still like to think of Bambi as a little girl deer. It, carrying on like a little lesbian romance with another girl deer? Well, you know, this uh, <laughs> complicates matters. See, if I, you asked I, me I, who the romantic interest were, I would have said it was the, with the skunk. No, they all had their own romantic interest because they get Twitter pated, which is their word for that they get horny and they notice the the girl versions of them. Although, you know, the skunk was named Flower and had long eyelashes. Maybe the skunk was a girl. I haven't seen Bambi since I was like eight. We might have to look into this. And there was Thumper. Thumper was definitely a boy. Yeah, I didn't remember Flower, but now that you mentioned that is the name. I just knew there was a skunk. I don't know why I I thought that was was the love interest. You remember a real different Bambi. That, that it was a really you know, star-crossed lover situation. <laughs> She's a deer. She's a skunk. Disney was just real progressive back in the day, and then they just dialed it all the way back. Well, I was very progressive in my childhood beliefs. Here I thought there were two female animals, one a deer, one a skunk. Exactly. <laughs> and that they were just a happy little whole couple together. Yeah, Flower's a boy. And it's just supposed to be funny because it's like ironic because he's a skunk. He, he he has pretty girl eyes. See, the problem is that we've been conditioned with how people draw boy and girl animals now and how it's become ingrained so that when we see like big doe eyes like this, we, we assume, oh, girl. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gustav. Gustav. I feel real bad for some of the cheap jokes I'm going to make at Gustav's expense, knowing now of his very impressive resume. Well, I agree with you, though. It's very strange, huh? The man who drew Snow White drew this. It, yeah, it is. 
is! The pokey little puppy looks like he suffered some head trauma, <laughs> but uh, we'll get there. Another name a lot of people would probably recognize is that of Richard Scarry. From the busy world of Richard Scarry. Oh, fame. hell yeah. Richard Scarry's my boy. Yeah, dude published over 300 books and sold over 100 million books during his lifetime. And so he did a whole bunch of these. Huh. I did not know that. Margaret Wise Brown and Clement Hurd also were part of the team. While you might not recognize their names, it was that duo, Margaret the writer and Clement the illustrator, who hands down came up with the one book that everyone hearing my voice is likely familiar with. Not, not the Pokey Little Puppy, because that was the powerhouse. Well, not a golden book, but oh. a book we all know. Okay. Any guesses? Uh, a book that we all would have had as kids. It is the pinnacle. The top of the mountain. Good night, moon. Good night, moon. Oh, I nailed it. Who hasn't wondered just how high a cow must jump to actually jump over the moon? Who hasn't wondered who is this old lady and why she's whispering, hush. So much. Because she wants you to fucking go to sleep. Does she suffer from some auditory (laughs) affliction and is sensitive to sound like Grendel? And wait, (laughs) did they not use the word spoon in this thing? I swear spoon was in there somewhere. And what the hell is with this bowl of mush? It's everywhere. In short, what the fuck, goodnight moon? (laughs) Mush is the sleepy food. I don't fucking know. It's it's a book for babies. I'm going to talk about this in a second. Like... It's a book for babies. They mentioned the bowl of mush like here, there, everywhere, like four different times. And they never used the word spoon, which rhymes with moon. But then I must be thinking of a different nursery rhyme where there is a spoon. Well, yeah, the, um, there's a thing about how a a dish ran away with spoon. Oh, yeah, that's the one. That's not Goodnight Moon, though. No, that's some rhyme. That's some, like, fucking jump rope rhyme or something. Oh. Hi, welcome to Oda the Class. We're really old and only kind of remember things. Well, much like the rocket ship we, Americans, set off to the moon that says goodnight back in 1969, USA, USA. Golden Books also took off like a rocket ship that still has never come back. Unlike the rocket ship known as Apollo 13, which did come back. God bless Tom Hanks. (laughs) Some wonder if Golden Books will ever make it home. Places your mind goes. Nope. Rip. Golden Books is like Tommy Lee Jones at the end of Space Cowboys. They left his ass on the moon. Books kept getting pumped out. Prices were raised. In short, commercialization took hold. By the 1980s, there were some golden books that played music when you opened them. Bangers like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. People in your neighborhood from Sesame Street. And of course, Hi Ho from Snow Ho and the Seven Pimps. Boo. Actually, did you know they... That was some low-hanging fruit. You didn't even try. Did you know they spell hi as H-E-I-G-H? Yes. I learned a lot today, as you can tell. Clearly. I thought it was hi, H-I. No. Yeah. I, I, I know this. I don't yeah, wouldn't know that be I pronounced hey? I think it depends. E-I-G-H? Yeah, but like old-timey spellings. And it's my neighbor. Wouldn't you like to be my neighbor? And horses say nigh. <laughs> anyway, I'm sensing some shenanigans here. Whatever, man. It's it, This is a really weird hill to die on, but that's what you do best. Be that as it may, the innovations did not end with singing books. Little Golden Books pushed out CD-ROMs of their stuff back in the 1990s. In fact, their software were the first major releases to use Macromedia and later Adobe Flash. Huh. 
That was some cutting edge shit right there, at least back in the 90s. So thanks for that, little golden books. You made online gaming and killing time during school way better for middle school and high school RJ. I would have thought Sierra would have been at the forefront of that, but... uh... Yeah, they were using Macromedia Flash. Interesting. In 2001, Little Golden Books was sold to Random House for $85 million. So from a quaint little operation pumping out books for a quarter to becoming an $85 million company, this may be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, success stories we have covered here on Ono What Class. This brings us to a very important financing with RJ, succeeding with RJ special. I feel like it's been a while since we financed with RJ. Hey, here on Financing with RJ, we have covered a lot of financial advice. Usually our entry point is sadly where people have made poor or questionable decisions that have hurt them long term. True. But thankfully, today, we have an episode where a group of people did things correctly. Now while I, RJ, usually channel my inner Susie Ormond, today I'm going to channel my inner Marcus Lemonis. <laughs> you see... I, the people, I don't think anybody listening... <laughs> oh, they should. <sighs> what an inspiring story. Uh, we yeah. should do his, uh, I'm sure he, I don't know if he has a biography. I don't think he does. I mean, he probably has like a, a self-help business book, maybe. I don't know. Look, if a deaf orphan from Lebanon doesn't understand finances, who does? I mean, they gave him a TV show. Multiple. We are spending way too much time talking about Marcus Limonis. <laughs> so you see, according to Mark Yale, there are three things that are really important to successful businesses. Oh, oh, is pe- people, process, and product. Yeah, the three P's. P, P, and P. It's just P. <laughs> You just have to piss everywhere. That is how you make a successful business. You mark your territory. You just piss wildly. PPNP, as Megan said. People, product, process. I watched The Profit. And well, Little Golden Books had all three in spades. They had the right people, people with Disney-level skill. They had the right idea for a product, something affordable, yet a good quality product. And they had the right process. They started with modest goals and then scaled only after the first batch of books sold out in mere months. For all of you inspiring entrepreneurs out there, you should consider looking at how the little golden book company did it. And maybe you too will be successful. All you need is Disney level animators. They're out there (laughs) getting some of them paid pennies on the dollar. Yeah. I guess it also helps if you get Disney involved too. (laughs) (laughs) Why just stop at the animators get Disney involved? Just get Disney there. Yeah, they're spending money left and right. They really are. This week's Finance with RJ is not brought to you by Dave Ramsey, because fuck Dave Ramsey. Who's Dave Ramsey? There you go. Am I, I going to have to look this up later and see who Dave Ramsey is? He's one of these financial people on the radio. Oh. Fuck him. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I might live to regret that. <laughs> yeah, the Dave Ramsey army's going to come for you. I don't know who that is. He's a bald fuck. Okay. He's bad advice. <laughs> fuck you, you bald fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even now, in the late 20-teens, Little Golden Books continues to change the game. While Little Golden Books has focused on all sorts of children media and borrowed from it, including things in pop culture, they steered clear of more adult stories and themes. Until... Oh, no. Star Wars. Oh, yeah, though. I remember when that happened. That was cute. They, they made Little Golden Book versions of the Star Wars stories. Yeah, with uh, The Force Awakens... Well, Little Golden Books was awoken to a whole new line of profits. The PG-13 line of profits. Star Wars, Jurassic Park, the all-female version of Ghostbusters. All have been golden booked. What kid doesn't want Jeff Goldblum taking a crap while dinos are roaming around, 
Jeff Goldblum wasn't the one taking the crap. It was the uh, lawyer. So you don't remember Jurassic Park either. Uh, Jeff Goldblum was hiding in the toilet. No, the, that was the lawyer. Jeff Goldblum was never hiding in the toilet. Oh. No, oh. incorrect. In my version, it was Jeff Goldblum hiding in the toilet. And Bambi the was a girl. You're, you're. I feel like you're fundamentally missing the point here, RJ. They're not for kids. They are for people in their, like, not even 20s, maybe, like, yeah, 30s or something. People, you know, riddled with nostalgia who remember reading Golden Books and also really like Star Wars and Jurassic Park and shit and are like, oh, now I got both. Nostalgia. Well, speaking of nostalgia, word on the street, the internet streets, <laughs> the websites that I read. Word on the web. You should say, it's RJ's word on the web. Ooh! <laughs> And now it's time for RJ's <laughs> Word on the Web. Do-do-do-do. <laughs> hey, Megan. Hey, RJ. I've been on the web. Clearly. And I found the word. <laughs> What's the word? That Little Golden Books is going to put out a whole line of books based on the Marvel comic universe. Wow. They're just going to be printing their own fucking money, huh? Yeah. I, for one, can't wait for Wogan, the Golden Books. <laughs> It'll be this generation's Fault in Our Stars, or Bridge to Terabithia, or Flowers for Algernon. Isn't Fault in Our Stars this generation's Fault in Our Stars? That's a whole decade old at this point. This generation's moved on. Ah. Yeah. Wogan, the golden book. That's going to be the real <laughs> the real sad one. I can't wait. So we're going to talk about four little golden books, as Megan's already mentioned. The Pokey Little Puppy, The Shy Little Kitty, Toodle, and Scuffy the Tugboat. I will, in my graciousness, allow Megan to choose the order of the books, and I will chime in with some context before we dig into each. So gracious. Hey everybody, it's Megan. And I was just looking at Funko Pop because I was like, hey, I wonder if there's a Shakespeare Funko Pop. Did you know there is not? Couldn't find one. It's kind of a bummer. And people have made cool Shakespearean character ones that pe- people who are like skilled and can do things like that, where they like mod them, which is pretty dope. But yeah, there is a, a Shakespeare or Shakespearean character Funko Pop shaped hole in my soul that is yet to be filled, which is very sad. If they did exist, I would say, hey, send them to my P.O. box if you want to help fill the holes in my soul, which, you know, I, maybe you do. That's what having a P.O. box means now, is I could just be like, hey, send me things that aren't toes. Uh, At the top of the show, I mentioned that that, among other things, was going to be at a website that we were in the process of making. Well, that website is made. It exists now. It's still at onolickclass.com. It's just that if you go there now, along with being able to listen to episodes, there's a real website there, and it has uh, ways that you can support the show. It has a contact page that has the P.O. box on it, so you don't have to just re-listen to the beginning of this episode over and over again until you have it written down. And it even has a little gallery that I'm made of all of the cool like art and shit that people have made for the show which is awesome this is very cool i'm very pleased about it this episode as as always is supported by our wonderful beautiful beguiling patrons have i used beguiling before i might have but you know what i'm gonna do it again because it's a it's a very underutilized word the beguiling especially our newest patrons guinevere and holly and so I know, you know, with Avengers Endgame and all that, where we're all up in that Marvel shit, but this episode's Pod Pals is Super Sons, a DC Comics podcast. So they're, they're all up in that DC media, that good, good DC Comics. 
They're a, a fun, funny couple of guys. It's a real good, fun listen, and they recently put out an episode all about The Question, who is one of my favorite characters from the Justice League Unlimited cartoon, because he's a fucking dork, and I love him. Uh, so be sure to check them out. Give him a listen. Kind of, you know, purge all of the Marvel <laughs> real quick. Uh, let's talk about Shazam, which was another good movie. I don't read comics. I just watch a lot of movies. But here are the Super Sons. Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Jake. And we're the Super Sons, a podcast centered around DC Comics, where every other week we break down two stories to make the DCU a little more accessible to new readers. You can find us on Twitter at DC Super Sons. And you can download the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey, Megan. Yeah, RJ? So what's the first one up? Well, okay, so the first thing is that I want to say, just real quick, is that I'm not going to spend too much time dissecting the plot of these books because A, they're like 10 pages long, and B, they're for tiny children. Like, it's one thing to harp on novels that are considered very important entries in the literary canon for having plot points and story elements that are absolute bullshit, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, in the pokey little puppy, the dog eats chocolate custard. What the fuck? That would kill a puppy in real life. Get it together, little golden books, because that's fucking stupid. This kind of shit people with too much time on their hands make YouTube videos about. This is a podcast, goddammit. Although I am going to keep bitching about the illustrations, and no one can stop me. Now you're asking me where we got to start. We got to kick things off with the pokey little puppy. Because, like, apparently this was the flagship little golden book. It was... The Iron Man of the Little Golden Book Extended Universe. When they made a bunch of shitty VHS versions of the stories in the 80s, they were all sold under the title Pokey and Friends, even if it wasn't about the puppy and it was just about the other books. So the Pokey Little Puppy was written in 1942 and is the best-selling children's hardcover book of all time. It has... No, it's not. Someone doesn't do the full research after looking at Wikipedia. What? Did you want me to, to step in here and take you to school? I guess. It was the highest selling children's book of all time in 2001 when... Uh, That's when my research stopped. Yeah. When a little set of books about some uh, little orphan dickhead named Harry Potter had only just started to come out onto the scene. That's not a children's book. But they, they categorize it. I, I'm, I'm not s- counting that. Well, the official count, they lump them together. I'm not saying that it's right. I think lumping YA novels with shit like Green Eggs and Ham and, and the Pokey Little Puppy is a flawed fucking system of categorization. That's not a children's book. That's YA. But even in 2001, Harry Potter was on the list. Well, so I'm they not, counted it. No, I'm not counting that. Okay, well, the Pokey Little Puppy still isn't at number one anymore. Why? The Hungry Caterpillar passed it. Oh. In 2001, it was at number one best-selling hardcover children's book of all time. It's not anymore. It has sold over 15 million copies. It has. Well, here, I can still get my dig in. That is still more than anything else that Dr. Seuss, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss, put out. It's true. He ain't got shit on them. Nope. So, The Pokey Little Puppy was written by Jeanette Sebring Wowry and was illustrated by our boy, Gustav Tengren, that Disney illustrator I mentioned earlier. Lowry was a writer out of Texas who focused on writing children's stories and led a relatively unglamorous lifestyle. However, she did have her own connection with Disney as one of her young adult fiction novels, Margaret, became a TV serial on the Mickey Mouse Club. Did you know the Mickey Mouse Club had serials? Nope. Uh, back in the 1950, the mouse has got... Back in the 1950. Back in 1950. Do you remember the 1950s? <laughs> back in the 1950s. <laughs> Turned out this mouse got tentacles. So, Megan, tell us, what was the little puppy 
poking at? Well, and, <laughs> perhaps more importantly, what was he poking with? And was it circumcised? Jesus Christ. Okay, you know what? It has nothing to do with the penis. We are not... We're talking about little golden books. This is going to be a penis-free zone. Well, when I poke things, uh, I use my penis. That's weird. And that's why you're not allowed in many public places anymore. So, pokey is an old-timey word. It means slow. Oh, shit. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh-oh. We'll get there. So the story of the pokey little puppy recounts five puppies digging under a fence to escape their unspecified home and wander around the countryside and look at bugs. The pokey little puppy is, as his descriptor implies, slow, at least in the physical sense that he lags behind his siblings and takes forever to get places. Mentally, though, he is filled with Machiavellian cunning. And I will explain this. Because he uses his slow speed to his advantage. He smells desserts like rice pudding, chocolate custard, and strawberry shortcake. And he gets the other puppies like stoked as fuck. So they run home and get busted by their mom for digging holes under the fence and are then sent to bed without any of the dessert. However, the pokey little puppy, genius deviant that he is, waits to come home until after everyone's asleep and eats all the dessert himself. I'm guessing his mother just goes to sleep, like, assuming he died out there or something. (laughs) She's just like, well, I guess he's gone. This scheme works twice, but the third time, his siblings get sick of his shit, and they fill in the holes of the fence behind them, and they get dessert, leaving their pokey brother to find another hole to squeeze through, missing out on strawberry shortcake, and his mom's just like, sucks to be slow, bro. And he goes to bed very sad. Except that Gustav Tengren decided that sad looks like concussed by taking a metal beam to the face google it it's worth the google she just looks like he looks like that sound the end the lesson don't dig holes and and disobey your mom i guess Or, or maybe if you're gonna break the rules do it as a team so your siblings don't fuck you over later so question for you yeah based on the plot see i'm looking at the last page here yeah a sign written in english yeah. Who wrote the sign that says no desserts ever unless puppies never dig holes under this fence again? Whoever owns the house, I guess, and is giving these puppies human desserts. So not mother puppy? I guess not mother puppy. She doesn't have thumbs. It'd be very right. difficult. That's why this is very strange. That the, you're telling me the person who's yelling at them is the mother. It's but true. Someone else seems to be admonishing them. But beyond that, the puppies based on this sign will never get desserts because... For them to abide by the sign, they're never allowed to dig holes under the fence again. So that means as long as they live. So the only way for them to be successful and to get a dessert again is they need to die without ever digging under the fence again. You're doing that thing that I, I just said at the top we weren't going to do because it's, it's it's a baby book for babies. Yeah? Go get a fucking YouTube channel. Hey, little golden books! What, are the puppies just supposed to not eat desserts until they die? Ugh, this book's bullshit! Seems rather gender essentialist to me as well. <laughs> so the pokey little puppy's a boy, the shy little kitten's a girl, because, you know, at some point in the past, the gender gods decided that dogs are boys and cats are girls because reasons. I thought we weren't talking about penises. <sighs> I mean, it's, it's another rant for another day. We gotta move along to Scuffy the Tugboat. Written by Gertrude Crampley, which is one of those names you really don't grow into until you're, like, 72. And uh, illustrated by Tibor Gurgley. Gurgley? Gurgley? I wouldn't call him Gurgley. Who should be in illustrator jail. 
I don't care that he died in 1978 because between this and Toodle, he's committed at least a dozen picture crimes, which I will try to convey vocally to the best of my abilities. But first, I will let RJ tell us about these things, these people. I don't know. Yeah. Scuffy the Tugboat. So, as Megan said, it was written by Gertrude Crampton and illustrated by Tibor Gurgily. Did I, did I fuck up another name? Crampton. Why do I have Crampley? I don't know. Oh, Gertie Crampton. Can you imagine being a child, like an eight-year-old, and your name is Gertrude Crampton? Well, you're Gertie. Or being a vibrant 20-something, and your name is Gertrude Crampton? Again, you're Gertie. People in their 80s are named Gertie. No, Gertie, Gertie's playful. <laughs> I got it. Oh, Gertie is so flirtatious. And then your last name is Crampton. Maybe they go by Gina. Gina? I don't know. I've never... Ger. Ger. See? <laughs> Ooh, tea works. Tea, get with tea, yeah. Anyway, as for Gertie, she's actually the author of the other book, Toodle. So she clearly has a thing for big, powerful, yet cute machinery. She was born in New York. Scuffy is a toy. Oh, it's not a real, wait, it's not a real tugboat? No. I didn't read it. (laughs) Scuffy (laughs) is a toy tugboat. It's kind of the crux of the plot, actually. To maybe a toy on the pages, but in her mind, trust me, I know. She's thinking that big masculine machinery. Uh-huh. Tuggy. Okay. So she was born in New York in 1909, and most importantly of all, she is a graduate of the great University of Michigan. As for Tibor, he also works as T. It's true. How about that? Uh, what a good strong name, though. Tibor Gurgly. Is it Gurgly or Gurgly? Gurgly. Either uh, way, yeah. that's a nice, strong Hungarian-American illustrator. It is who, very Hungarian. <laughs> who actually collaborated with Gertie on a few books, including Toodle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are they are a terrible, the terrible tea team. He also illustrated The Little Red Caboose, Busy Day, Busy People, and something called The Happy Man and His Dump Truck. <laughs> you had to have that pause in there, huh? That's how I read it when I read that title. Like, The Happy Man <laughs> and His Dump. And I, woo truck oh so scuffy at least on the list that i looked which is the legitimate list of children's book yeah the list that is 18 years old top 10 book right here not anymore (laughs) i don't know about that so this dynamic duo put out two of the top 10 books of all time that is a power team right there scuffy was a one-off though as he did not ever appear again in any kind of series only in this little book in 1946 i mean books maybe i'm gonna talk about a lot of other media that scuffy has appeared in oh it wasn't the books okay yeah like the pokey little puppy shows up the child little kidding got like a whole bunch of books this is true they do have spinoff books scuffy don't so meg tell us the story <laughs> of scuffy the tuggy scuffy is a toy tugboat yeah you're a toy who is previously i don't even get how that's a insult. sit on it what are you, fucking, like, Woody? You are a toy! Tom Hanks. <laughs> yes. It's a good thing he got back from space. Imagine all the things he wouldn't have if he got trapped up there. No Forrest Gump. No Woody. What year was Apollo 13? Oh, back in the 1970s at some point, I presume. Okay. I, mean, I meant the movie, but fine. One degree from Kevin Bacon. Actually, I guess zero degrees from Kevin Bacon. Yes. It's just straight up Kevin... Okay, you know what? Scuffy's a toy tugboat, who, as previously mentioned... Looks like he should have the voice of Tom Waits. So here's what's weird to me, that it's Scuffy. Look at that thing. Until I actually sat here and really, like, looked at the name, 
I would have thought it's Scruffy, the tugboat. Scuffy is a weird name. Scuffy is a weird name. Like, it doesn't help. Like, Scuffy is the name of an old drifter who's, like, spent his life riding the rails. Scuffy is the actual name of the gambler in Kenny Rogers' song, The Gambler. Mm. Not not for realsies, I'm just saying oh. it's apropos. I was trying to think of the song and the lyric. No, they never say his name, but I, I feel like in my heart it's Scuffy. Sing us a couple bars. <laughs> Gotta know when to hold, hold him. That's a, that's a song. <laughs> know when to fold him. Got to know when to hold him. Know when to fold him. Know when to walk away. Know when to walk away and something, something. something. Know when to gamble. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so Scuffy's a toy tugboat who's upset that he's in a toy store because he wants to sail like a real boat. And some creepy dead-eyed dolls agree with him. The man who owns the toy store and looks like a pedophile... I'm showing RJ pictures while we go through this as proof. Actually, um, you know what he looks like? What does he look like? Like uh, o- an owner of like an old-time candy shop. I guess a little bit, yeah. That he got the little part right down the middle of his head. That look has an age ha- has, well. uh, <laughs> has a little bow tie in a really loud yellow and red shirt. Yeah. He takes Scuffy home to try to make him happy, giving Scuffy to, quote, his little boy. Now, I know that I said that I wasn't going to give books for babies from the 1940s any shit, but not once does it ever refer to these two people as father and son. Not once. How hard would it have been to just say the man took Scuffy home to his son? But no. It's just always the man and his little boy. And I'm sorry, but as like a conscious choice on Gertrude Crampton's part, it's weird. Calling someone someone's little boy heavily implies that's his son. Yeah, but it's creepy. Like, I'm going to tell you, just took him home to his little boy. Just say his son. His yeah. child. That's his... They're a dad and a kid. I don't Parents know. Can say that about their kids? Like, this is my little girl. This is my little boy. It's my little guy. My little tyke. I don't know. Anyway, the little boy puts Scuffy in a bathtub and is like, hey, now you can sail. And Scuffy's like, this is bullshit. You think I'm an idiot? Put me in real water. And to, to Tibor Gurgley's credit, the picture of Scuffy in the tub does have an absolutely perfect are you fucking serious facial expression. But it's not enough, Tibor. Look at the fucking little face he's making. <laughs> fucking kidding me? I want to be in the open water. <laughs> yeah. So the little boy and his man um, take Scuffy to a little brook to let him sail there. And he's like, so long, fuckers. I'm off to the big wide world. And there's a running theme here about escaping into the world, huh? Yeah. You got to get out. Get past well, those Well, cords. no, but that's bad. We're not supposed to because you're not supposed to dig out of the fence. And, uh, yeah, tell as- that to Moana. <laughs> I'm talking about in the golden books. But yeah, so so he does, and he floats along and sees all kinds of animals, including what looks like how someone would draw a cow if they'd only ever had one described to them by a drunk uh, person. I saw. Yeah, you saw that cow? It's on crack. <laughs> it is. Eventually, Scuffy sails through a town and then a city, and then gets caught in a huge flood just before he floats out to sea, terrified that he's going to die out there. Like, he says that there is no beginning and there is no end to the sea. Uh, but he gets rescued by the little boy, and within the next sentence is back to sailing in the bathtub, happy as can be, saying this is where he belongs. The end... It's a bit more involved than a puppy eating chocolate, but with the very clear moral of know your fucking place and stay there. Yes, then we have Tootle. And as we alluded to earlier, Tootle is written by the same dynamic duo of Gertie and Tibor. So Tootle, third best-selling hardcover children's book written in English ever. In 2001. 
I do not trust anything. Again, 2001. You are going off a list that is almost 20 years old. Hey, some of the finest things in life are almost 20 years old. Oh, wow. Nope. Scotch. Wine. And the list ends there. There's nothing else. So, Meg, tell us about old Toots. Is Tootle the train that goes by our apartment? He might be. You know, from now on, whenever a train comes by, I'm just going to say it's Toots. It's Toots? Toodles. So Toodle is a a baby train with a human person's face that's training to be a big locomotive. Now, does he fuck Thomas up? (laughs) Honestly, I think he could fuck Thomas up, just based on on these illustrations. Also, I'm about to break my rule again and make fun of the book for being real old, because I'm actually a 10-year-old in a very clever disguise and read you this brief excerpt. And I guess it's because it's about a train. It's like, I feel like, you know, you have to read it in a British accent, like in the Thomas the Tank Engine TV show where all the trains are British. I don't know. But it says, uh, The young locomotive steam up and down the tracks, trying to call out the long, sad toot of the big locomotives. But the best they can do is a gay little toodle. <laughs> toodle. <laughs> Look at the fucking thing. <laughs> Italicize the toot so fancy. I know it's dumb, but it's funny. Just a gay little toot. toot, toot. I like that he's looking down at his cookity quack 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 quack. He is looking down at his clack clackety clack. There's a lot of onomatopoeia going on. You know, it looks bigger in a kid's hand. Gross. That's that's gross. I'll um, tell him toodle that. You're telling me he's a child, so. He is a child train. Do not sexualize the child train is a phrase I never thought I would have to say in my life, but here we are. So Toodle is literally in train school with other horrifying flesh-faced trains, like actual school with a blackboard and everything. They're in a little classroom. Uh, the uh, CO2 emissions in there have to be atrocious. <laughs> Probably. There's a conductor at a blackboard, and it does show smoke coming out of all their little smokestacks, so he's probably, like, tripping on CO2 about to die. He looks like he's 100. <laughs> it's it's well, all the fucking smoke. It is. It's probably like 20. <laughs> I do like the one lesson. Staying on the rails, no matter what. Yes, that's, that's one of the things that they gotta learn. Like, safely going around curves and and stopping at red flags and other important train things so here's the thing though yeah it seems like in all these stories like there's that one rule Uh you have to follow Uh or you don't get dessert yeah you're catching on how do the trains grow that is an excellent question that is not answered (laughs) that i don't want an answer because in this picture clearly the trains are smaller than the conductor yeah they're they're tiny because they're they're training to be very big trains one day I'm going to assume it's like the Cars universe, and we just don't talk about it. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so the Cars universe, I mean, we've covered this before. I right? know, it's post-apocalyptic, humans don't exist anymore, but how no, else do no, baby no, 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 no. cars... No, 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 The humans are inside the car. Why do the cars have doors and handles? I don't know, I fucking hate the Cars universe. I hate the Cars universe so much. I don't know, it's terrifying and confusing. So, Toodle doesn't give much of a shit about staying on the rails and and other such rules, because he's mostly interested in going really fast. But the conductor, teacher, trained man says that the only way he's going to be able to do that is if he gets an A-plus in all of his train studies. So he tries really hard to learn all the train rules, until a horse that looks like it just broke all its legs and is braying at you to put it out of its misery with a 
fuck is wrong with you, Tibor? Oh, it's Black Beauty. Yeah, except he looks like he's dying. He's like, kill me. Nah, he looks pretty strong. Look at that face. Yeah, he's like, go me. <laughs> uh, he's hitting uh, Mach 2. Yeah, he is actually because, uh, so he challenges Toodle to a race and Toodle jumps off the track and does it and they tie. So like, that's one hell of a fucking horse. He feels guilty because he knows that it's uh, kind of important for trains to stay on the track and is like, I won't do it again. Except he does. A lot. And he gets caught playing in a meadow, chasing butterflies, by the mayor, who is also playing in the meadow, chasing butterflies. Who's also a train? <laughs> no, he's just a mayor. He's just like a dude who's the mayor. <laughs> Moving right along, um, he rats out Toodle to, to the train teacher, who gets the entire town to hide around the meadow with red flags, because you gotta stop for the red flags. So Toodle has to keep stopping and is sad because he can't go fast. So like, what's even the point in being in the meadow anyway? So he never goes off the track again because he can go fast on the track. Not because he learned anything, just because the train teacher tricked him. The end. And again, we have a story about wanting to break free and explore the world in a moral that says no stay where you're supposed to. Which, I guess, is an important thing to teach, you know, small, squishy children that are prone to wandering off, but it's starting to feel a little sinister. I can see what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. Kids are little shits and we gotta keep them in their place. <laughs> Hey, kids, we'll just tell you, don't go anywhere. You're not even singing, you're welcome. You're just, I don't I don't even know what you're doing. You want dessert? You're welcome! <laughs> just stay where you're supposed to be. Otherwise, The Rock. What? Otherwise, we'll The you Rock? A, the people's elbow. Or The Rock bottom. The Rock will put you in your place, kid. With his butt? Jabroni. Is that The Rock? The Rock's bottom? Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Is it it's, the, is it, it's is naughty it, kids. Is it, is, oh no! Dwayne, why Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Kids have one or two things happen. You either get dessert or you become dessert. <laughs> now that's a terrifying world to tell children. We're gonna finish things up by leaving terrible, terrible Tibor behind and returning to our old friend Gustav Tengren. Yeah. In the Shy Little Kitten, written by Kathleen Schur. So even though this book was not the best selling of the Golden Books, the protagonist, the Shy Little Kitten, is one of the best known and most used across the collection of stories and media. Cause it's the least horrifying looking. The Damned Kitten has a series of books and a straight to video story, actually straight to video stories for all to enjoy. This was not one of the original books. It was published in 1946. As Megan said, it was written by Kathleen Schur and illustrated by our boy, Gustav. Gustav! This dude is like a fucking machine. Seriously. As for Kathleen Schur, the shy little kitten was really the only character she ever developed and worked with. I guess if you create such an iconic character, why mess with success? One and done, baby. Well, Megan, why was the kitten little and shy? Did it skip a leg day? Yeah, that's what you went with, huh? <laughs> oh, it's a little. Look, man, if you skip leg day, you're going to be little. If you want to be big. You could be, like, top heavy. You got to, you're still little. You're scrawny. You're going to fall over, break your legs. If you want to be big, you got to hit the gym on leg day. You got to hit leg day hard. And th this has been exercising with RJ. As we said, as, as RJ just said, the shy little kitten, iconic. Probably because she's fucking adorable. No, like, weird, derpy eyes here. But our, our boy Gustav was in fine form. So... Oh, he, the, he, before we move on, Gustav knows the Disney magic. Big eyes. 
Well, then why does the pokey little puppy have weird, tiny, wide-set eyes? That was early on, so now he had a few years to uh, ruminate. Ah, he's honed and refined his craft. Actually, yeah, because I'm going to talk about There's a puppy in here that's like ten times cuter than the pokey little puppy. So this is him in his final form. That makes sense. So... Like the puppy is slow, this cat is shy and doesn't really hang out with her siblings or, or explore anything. But she gets separated from her mom and siblings while out walking because she's just so riddled with agoraphobia. And then she meets a mole that kind of looks like it wants to sell her drugs. And I will find this page. You know, we could have played a game here. You really ruined it. You could have had me guess what animal that is. <laughs> mole would not be in the top 20. Really? That, I mean, that is what a mole looks like. Number one would have been a platypus. It doesn't have yeah, a bill. Like, it doesn't well, have it a bill. it looks like a little bill. It's got it's different teeth. Color. It's got the teeth, though. It does. I was able to identify that as a mole. I think you just beaver. might not know what moles look like. That definitely doesn't look like a A real beaver. fat squirrel. <laughs> oh, it has a tail like a beaver does. Not really. Gopher. Mole would, uh, it would have been a while. I think you just don't know what moles look like. Cause I watched the TV show The Mole. <laughs> Annie, I Annie, Did you ever watch that show? No. I, I know you know was, who, was the, who the host was? It was a reality was? show, right? Yeah, you know yeah. who was the host? No. Started his career. Okay. Anderson Cooper. Wait. No, I did know this. I think we've literally had this conversation on the show. God damn. This is what happens when you have enough fucking episodes. The Mall. Um, what a good show. How did he end up becoming an award-winning journalist when his first gig was hosting The Mole? He's a Vanderbilt. You know, like the Vanderbilt family? Like, you know the name Vanderbilt? Yeah. He's like in with them huh i just think it's interesting that that he starts there and then now he's on you know like cnn and and shit because he kind of has like an exotic look even though he's not because he went white real early yep (laughs) so nonetheless she goes with the mole and laughs at a frog and then meets a puppy that as i just stated is so much cuter than the pokey little puppy like gustav seriously improved his puppy game look at that little guy different kind of puppy there well yeah different different breed of puppy much cuter puppy oh that's a uh we watch these shows looks like a terrier he does look like a terrier i guess a scottish terrier because he's kind of shaggy yeah so then what breed is the pokey little puppy looks like a beagle now really do you look he looks like a real dumb beagle yeah like just a real flat-faced beagle yeah i guess like if you uh if beagles had started being bred like pugs where they just ruined the face yeah yes the things we've done a to peagle. pugs, the beagle. The things we've done to pugs are horrific. They run around. They see a squirrel. The puppy helps her find her way back home to the farm where she lives. And they all have a picnic. And the shy kitten says that it was the best day ever. The end. So again, like the pokey little puppy, less plot going on than old Gertrude Crampton likes to pack into her books. But also, hey. A story that rewards going out and exploring on your own and not being afraid to make new friends and talk to strangers and trust them when they say they can help you get back to your house and wait. I'm seeing why this might be a bad thing to tell kids. It was different in the 1940s, though. Hmm. People left their doors unlocked. They left the keys in the car. (laughs) They shouldn't leave the keys in the car. They do, though. People Uh still do that. Oh, God. I was thinking of, like, in the ignition. Some people do that. That's really or they dumb. leave it up in the sun visor. Like, what difference does it make where you leave them? I go because if the car is running, that's bad. I don't know. So those... hey, if you leave your car running, it'll never fail to start. <laughs> Logic. Yeah. 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 So yeah, those are the four uh, little golden books that out of print left in a box 
on my front porch, along with a very cute tote bag for mysterious, unexplained reasons. So let's talk a little bit about adaptations. Okay. So we've discussed already that they got their little uh, home video thingies in the 80s, but at least the ones that were on YouTube, they're not really cartoons so much as, like, motion comics, if that makes sense. Like, they're just illustrations of, like, the puppies or whatever doing things, but, like, only their, their dopey little eyes move. They are objectively bad. Uh, the main thing worth mentioning is Little Golden Bookland, which was a TV special that aired in 1989 and was most likely meant to be the pilot of an animated Golden Book TV series that, for whatever reason, never came to be. Little Golden Bookland is an actual cartoon and is basically the Avengers because, along with some other Golden Book characters, it unites Scuffy, Toodle, the Shy Kitten, and, of course, the Pokey Little Puppy together in one story. Wow. So much star power on one screen are they uh fighting thanos no they're trying to uh save a town from being flooded because weirdly the star of this special is scuffy oh i was about to say she's (laughs) scuffy so he is a toy boat so the thanos theory can only happen with scuffy Uh, okay the others are we're not talking about we can't endgame will have been out by the time this comes out you understand that right yeah i mean so everyone's gonna be talking about (laughs) thanos i guess the scruffdom theory he goes inside the thanuses scrotum okay that gross nope <laughs> so the video is 22 minutes long with three songs and yes it is available on youtube in its entirety can you sing us one of the songs no because i immediately forgot all of them so just for the record scuffy looks like the, they, they disney-fied it scuffy looks much cuter it has an adorable child voice and not like the weird crusty old man voice it looks like he should have in the book. And they also fixed Toodle's horrifying face by making it not look like it was a stolen human face and giving him big old cuddly anime eyes. Yeah, no, like I, I want to give this Toodle a hug as opposed to like run from it screaming. Uh, so yeah, they all sound like they were voiced by like the little kid who voiced Catbug and Bravest Warriors and it's, it's very adorable. And among these presumably very tiny at the time voice actors, the only one who went on to have like a really prolific voice acting career that's uh, still going strong is Chiara, Chiara? C-H-I-A-R-A, uh, Zanny. Shara. Shara. I don't know, Chiara. <laughs> Maybe. Fittingly, the voice of the pokey little puppy. So she would have been like about seven when she recorded it. Like imagine being seven or eight in your first gig. You're like, oh yeah, I'm the voice of the pokey little puppy. No big, just the biggest golden book character of all time. Like, that's a good first line on a resume. Also, the voice actress for Katie Caboose ended up starring in the cult horror film Ginger Snaps, but uh, that's a lot to unpack, so I'm just gonna let that one sit. Anyway, seeing as little golden books are celebrating more than 75 years of existence and Hollywood is creatively bankrupt, I feel like the time is ripe for a wacky, vaguely sarcastic, pop culture referencing CGI animated reboot probably done by Illumination, a.k.a. the monsters responsible for breathing minions into the world. So you want to you wanna fan cast some of this with me, RJ? Banana? Because, like, like, right off the bat, I gotta say, gut feeling, Scuffy the Tugboat, voiced by John Cena. Ooh. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I know it's pretty good. Yeah. 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 I don't know who would be, to- be Toodle. So he's a toy. Well, no, Scuffy's a toy. God oh. damn it, keep it together, man. No, 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 okay. John Cena's gonna be Toodle. Wait, no, why would John Cena... John Cena's scuffy. Why? He's Because he's small, but indomitable. That, that is Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine, fine. Scuffy can be Kevin Hart, actually. I was going to put Kevin Hart somewhere else, but fine. Toodle's going to be John Cena. Yeah. But Toodle's supposed to be like a baby train. That's okay. <laughs> he's a big baby. Okay. Yeah. 
And uh, the shy little kitten? Kate McKinnon. Yes. Yes, very good. So, I Boom. think Pokey Little Puppy, like maybe like... Zach Galifianakis. See, I was going to say like Tom Holland. Like the actual Pokey Little Puppy, like little baby Spider-Man. But like the other puppies, like his sibling puppies... First, I was going to say Kevin Hart, but now he's scuffy. So one could be Zach Galifianakis. One of them needs to be Pitbull. Okay. <laughs> Great voice actor right there. Oh, yeah. He's playing a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> it works on so many levels. It does. He'd be a little Pitbull puppy. Maybe they were. Maybe they were crossbred Pitbulls. The coloring would, would work. Yeah, they kind of could have his face. <laughs> Beady little soul eyes and their bald little heads. <laughs> aren't soul pitbulls are not soulless don't perpetuate that i don't know what do you call it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was talking about pitbull the dog's eyes aren't soul i was defending like the breed of dog no pitbull the 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 man mr 305 his eyes are absolutely soulless (laughs) i thought you were talking about the breed of dog and i was like why would you say that about pitbulls? No, they look like pitbull. <laughs> Dale. Dale, look, you can see him saying that. Did he even grow up in South Florida or is he brought here? I do From like New York. Brought... He grew up in like Montana. <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't know. Check his creds. I don't know. Let's, uh, let's find out real quick. That's how we're going to end this episode. <laughs> you got you to gotta specify pitbull rapper, I guess. Yeah, oh, I don't know. It comes up immediately on Wikipedia. Uh, they know who I'm talking about. No, Armando Christian Perez was born in Miami, Florida. All right, fair enough. Wow, he's only 38? That's a rough That's 38. That's a rough 38. Yeah. Oof. All right, well, um, that'll about do it for this episode <laughs> of Ono Liquas. <laughs> if you enjoy this this thing that whatever the fuck this has become muy pequeño libro uh sub- golden subscribe oro. subscribe to us on, un pequeño on... libro oro yes you did it i'm very proud of you subscribe to us on things tell your friends tell your family tell tiny children no tiny children should probably not be listening to this while they read their golden books but tell, tell everybody else tell the big children the extremely uncomfortably large children you can follow us on Twitter at OnaLickLassPod, and you could join the Facebook group and do do book memes and book trivia and other other things. And, and tell me the horrible things you're going to send to our P.O. box. And you can listen to us everywhere that there are podcasts, and you can do everything at OnaLickLass.com. Everything. You could achieve all of your dreams at OnaLickLass.com. Zombo. Zombo. <laughs> Forgot about Zombo.com. You can listen to us at Zombo.com. Do you think it still exists? Zombo.com. <laughs> oh, it does. Oh, okay. You knew that immediately. Uh, you could do everything you could want there. Zombo. Zombo. The next episode will be out on May 16th. Until then, I'm Megan. Yo soy un gringo. Indeed you are. Art hey. No. Yeah. No, I draw the line there. Erehe. Erehe. Jota. We love you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, no, it just, can you imagine being in, like, imagine being a train? <laughs> can <laughs> I can't. you imagine? I am Toodle.